Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. Evidence is the basis of a conviction. Without it, dangerous men and women would walk free. But on some occasions, the evidence can either be misinterpreted, ignored, or just flat out not brought into court. Those are the cases where innocent people go to prison and murderers are left free. On February 10th, 2004, a man who was, by all accounts, a criminal in need of prison time, was scheduled to be executed. However, the evidence in his case was mishandled in a way that left Kevin Cooper alive and in prison for 15 years after he was set to die. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Kevin Cooper, born January 8, 1958, had an extensive criminal past that included burglary and rape. He was sentenced and sent to jail multiple times and, in 1982, escaped a Pennsylvania psychiatric facility and ran off to California. While there, he was convicted of burglary, yet again, and was serving time in Chino. On June 2, 1983, he climbed through a hole in the fence and walked away. He was a bad man who was ready to escalate his crimes when, on June 5, 1983, a man named Bill Hughes went to the home where his 11-year-old son had spent the night after not hearing from him. When he went inside, he found the owners, Douglas and Peggy Ryan, their 10-year-old daughter, and his own son dead. They had been hacked with a hatchet, sliced with a knife, and stabbed with an ice pick. The sole survivor was, remarkably, 
eight-year-old Josh Ryan, whose throat had been cut. Nothing appeared to be stolen. In fact, Peggy's purse laid in open view completely untouched. The only thing missing was the family's station wagon, which turned up several days later about 50 miles away in Long Beach. The thing was, police had a good idea of who the killer was pretty quickly. Kevin Cooper, who made calls to friends asking for money, was known to have been hiding in the vacant home next door for two days before the murder. So, where was Kevin Cooper now? He checked into a Tijuana hotel, about 130 miles away, on the day of the murder, had befriended an American couple who owned a sailboat, and hitched a ride with them along Baja and the Californian coast. Though he didn't seem to keep his nose clean because at some point during his time on the coast, he was accused of raping a woman on a boat docked nearby. The victim, seven weeks after the murder, went to the sheriff's office to report the crime and saw the wanted poster for Kevin Cooper. She recognized her attacker and told the police. He was detained and sent back to San Diego County for trial. During the trial, he openly admitted his guilt when it came to his prison escape even admitting to hiding out in the home next to the Ryan family. But he adamantly denied that he had any involvement in the family murder. According to Cooper, he left the vacant house on foot, hitchhiked, stole a purse, and then made his way to Mexico. He never set foot in the Ryan home. The jury convicted Kevin Cooper of four counts of murder, one of attempted murder with the intentional infliction of great bodily injury, and was given the death penalty. His execution date was set for February 10th, 2004, yet Kevin Cooper remains alive and in prison. Why? The case seemed like an open and shut one, right? Well, here are some of the inconsistencies in the case of the Ryan family and Kevin Cooper. Josh Ryan, the sole survivor of the attack, originally claimed that it wasn't one man who came in and attacked his family and friend. The boy stated that it was a group of three attackers who were not Mexican or African-American. Kevin Cooper is an African-American man. During the trial, prosecutors wrote off this inconsistency as the child's brain remembering the three Mexican men who came to the Ryan house looking for landscaping work the day before the killing. Then, according to a 2010 lecture given by a judge, on June 9th, A woman named Diana Roper called the sheriff's department, claiming that her boyfriend, Lee Furrow, had come home in the early hours of June 4th and changed out of blood-splattered clothes. The sheriff's department never tested the overalls, never turned them over to Cooper's lawyers, and disposed of them on the day of his arraignment. Diana also stated that the bloody tan shirt found beside the road leading to the Ryan home belonged to her boyfriend. She had purchased it for him. Not just that, but a hatchet matching the description of the one used in the murder was missing from her garage. Then there was a man named Clarence Ray Allen who had a disagreement with the Ryans over a horse he purchased from them. Lee Furrow was an employee of Mr. Allen's and even went to prison for murdering a man on his order in 1977. And Lee's stepmother lived just five miles from where the Ryan station wagon eventually turned up. There are countless other facts that not only implicate Lee Furrow and accomplices, but exonerate Kevin Cooper. In 2001, Kevin became the first death row inmate in California to successfully request post-conviction DNA testing of evidence. 
It failed to exonerate him, though, because his DNA was found at the scene and the car, and no other DNA was found that matched any other killer. However, it was found that a blood vial containing Cooper's blood also contained a second individual's blood, and that the prosecution expert checked out Cooper's blood 24 hours without informing Cooper's attorney. This blood was one of the two key pieces that implicated him in the crime and was being handled by the prosecution. Due to all of this, his execution was halted until further DNA testing could be done. State and federal courts have reviewed his case for over 18 years, and while he hasn't been granted clemency or even been established as not guilty, it remains a case that many think was mishandled. In 2009, after a failed request for a rehearing, Four judges filed dissents stating that they believed the police tampered with the evidence and that the original judge deliberately ignored the court's instructions to perform proper testing. As of 2019, there are still efforts to get new DNA testing done in Kevin Cooper's case. It will take a lot of manpower and government sway before we can truly know if Kevin Cooper ever killed the Ryan family or if it was just an elaborate cover-up by the San Bernardino Police Department. Was Kevin Cooper a bad man who should be in prison for rape and burglary? Yes. But was Kevin Cooper a cold-hearted killer who slayed an entire family plus the boy who was just spending the night? It may be years before we ever truly know. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 11th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.